0: One of the sure-tail signs uh, of something going on in your relationship is if you are starting to feel drawn to other individuals. The cheating, we often handle it as a relationship problem, but the way I tend to see it is it's a symptom of something going on, um, right? And so we need to sort of unpack that and unravel what is going on underneath it that would lead to cheating or lead one to want to cheat. This
1: is episode number 522 with Katherine Bijanian, The Psychology of Cheating really excited to talk about this topic with a psychologist. um, and, And we'll get to that in just a moment. But before that, I want to welcome you back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And to support you on your journey to lasting love, I wrote a book, it's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And it's filled with many, many tips to help you to become more confident on your journey to love to loving yourself more and to loving others and to really finding that special partner. And it does require some skills. Dating is a skill set. It's not just a natural thing that we're all born with. And so is learning how to communicate better and how to set boundaries. And we cover all of that in the book. You can find it on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. And every week I share a tip from the book. This week's tip is step number 23. Be aware of your tone. I think we can say the right words with the wrong tone and end up really pulling, putting somebody off without even realizing it. We think we're controlling ourselves. We think we're not yelling. We think we're being really kind. And this shows up in so many parts of our lives. It can show up on a date where you're really kind of not really into somebody. And your tone is really reflective of how you feel. And you think, oh, well, I'm just kind of, you know, being really kind. And he doesn't realize how I really feel. But you know, your, your tone could be condescending. Your tone could be kind of short clipped. So My challenge to you this week is to be aware when you're speaking, what is your tone and does your tone match the words that you're saying? Before I bring Catherine on, I want to invite you to join our fantastic Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date, and we are a group for women over 40 who are looking to go on their last first date. And this is a group that really is unlike most of the groups out there. It is not a place to just complain and whine and judge, but it's a place really for self-growth and to really look more carefully at what we're creating out there so that we can become more empowered on our journey to the last first date. So join us there at your last first date. And now for my guest, Dr. Catherine Bajanian is a PhD in research psychology. She focuses on cross-cultural relationships. She's American and she relocated to London 11 years ago, and she runs a successful private practice there. She focuses on relationships and she has previously worked in a high-end matchmaking agency as a resident relationship therapist. Welcome to the show, Catherine.
0: Thank you very much. And can I just reiterate that point you made about the, you know, the tip about the uh the tone uh that we use? That's so significant to relationships. So I'm I'm so glad that I got to sort of hear that opening as well.
1: Oh well, thank you. You know, I've always considered just re-recording the opening separately, and inevitably the guest feels some connection to it. So it's I think that these these tips and you know I kind of wrote them all in a it pretty quickly many years ago and then I just started to elaborate on them because I realized that these were these were things I needed to learn my tone of voice with my children when I was disciplining them really not wanting to be like my parents who yelled a lot so I would keep my voice lower but <laughs> there was so much venom in my voice they were like mom your tone of voice is terrible And I finally listened to them. So yeah, we, we have a lot to learn when we are self-reflective.
0: Yes, Let's
1: get into the topic of cheating. It's such a hot topic. So many people have talked about it. There's so many different opinions about once a cheater, always a cheater. And, and I know that Esther Perel does a lot of work around cheating and can you recover, but let's back up and start at the beginning as to why people do it in the first place.
0: It is such a hot topic. And as you mentioned, sort of people have all kinds of opinions and a common one is once a cheater, always a cheater. But what I will say is, um, so I I give lots of talks on these topics. And um, just last week I gave a talk on, you know, love relationships. uh, And one of the vignettes I use is a couple where one of them has cheated. You know, I'm always curious how the, the audience responds. And so I always ask if you were in my shoes, what would you do you know would do you feel that this couple should break up do you feel that this couple should take, uh, continue to stay together and work on it and it always surprises me that um, the audience is 50-50 you know you would think that it's one of those hot topics and we often hear it in terms of a no nonsense um, but particularly if i have an older audience they understand the significance of you know a life that they have may have built together um, they may have family kids things like that and being able to un- unravel all of that because of, a, of an incident perhaps that the cost is too great and and they certainly you know a lot of people think that maybe we should be able to to look at what's going on. So you started off by asking why people cheat. There are about a thousand different reasons why people cheat. It's not as simple as, you know, someone was looking for sex. Um, That's a common one. Um, But in reality, there are lots of emotional issues that are going on underneath in terms of the, the way that the relationship dynamic is progressing, the way that people feel, um, not not necessarily even about their partner, um, but about themselves in a relationship and another individual who has gives, given them a more positive sense of self, they couldn't be all kinds of things there. They feel more connected to to another individual. So um, the emotional and psychological issues are multiple and varied. Um, and the sexual aspect of it, which is one we towards to lean on very quickly. That's only a small portion of cheating.
1: It is really common to, to believe that it's all about the sex. Mm-hmm. I've known many people who have cheated. I myself had gotten to the end of my marriage where I had an emotional affair with somebody because I was so, Mm -hmm. I felt so disconnected from my husband for so long. And I didn't even realize what was happening. And it was the catalyst for me to leave my marriage because I realized how close I could have come to infidelity. And that was not something I ever wanted to do. Have you come across people who've gotten into that kind of situation?
0: And I was going to say, you know, that that is such a poignant and significant example to bring up um, because I get uh, a lot of people either coming in for individual uh, therapy um, or even couples work because that's how it started. They've started to notice that they are now being drawn to or interested in either one or a number of other people. And particularly, you know, when they come in as an individual, they're they're alarmed by this. And they're thinking, what in the world is going on? What's wrong with me? You know, why do I suddenly find myself drawn to or attracted to having crushes on other people? Can we fix this? Can we fix me? Uh, and then, you know, when we look at things further, it's because the relationship for one reason or another is no longer a good fit for them. They've evolved these either outside, out of the relationship or there's some kind of conflict that's been going on and um, they are sort of suppressing it, not dealing with it, not talking about it. And it's almost it's your unconscious sort of way of helping you wake up to it, right? If you are not waking up to what's happening in your relationship and taking appropriate action, um, your situation will sort of get worse and worse. And one of the sure tail signs uh, of something going on in your relationship is if you are starting to feel drawn to other individuals, the cheating, we often handle it as a relationship problem, but the way I tend to see it is it's a symptom of something going on um right and so we need to sort of unpack that and unravel what is going on underneath it that would lead to cheating or lead one to want to cheat
1: so in therapy you start to unpack what's going on yeah. and yeah and sometimes yeah. it leads to the end of a relationship and sometimes it can yeah. repair their relationship
0: yeah. Sometimes it can. Yeah. And I don't want to minimize the impact of it. It's it's something that's significant and it's a betrayal that, you know, if it happens, some people just cannot come back from it.
1: Can relationships repair after somebody cheats?
0: Yes, they can, because I, I have seen them uh, be repaired. So we certainly have to deal with the ramifications of what the cheating did and then why it began in the in the first place why that you know why that was even an issue to begin with and so it's not going to be something where we can just sort of ignore and say you know let's draw a line and and move past this because that's what i hear the partner that has cheated often feels Uncomfortable, embarrassed, shamed, guilty. You know, if they want to continue the relationship, right, and just wants to to forget it and sort of move on, sort of promise that it'll never happen again and move on. And in those cases, often it will. If we do that, we just sort of go, okay, well, this is never going to happen again. Let's draw that line and move on. Um, either it will happen again because the underlying issue hasn't been dealt with or it's going to cause other issues, right? The the partner that's felt betrayed um, and left uh, with this open wound um, is going to, you know, on the surface might say, fine, okay, I'm willing to move on. But underneath um, is going to feel, you know, resentful that trust isn't going to be reestablished. And so the the problem would express itself in different ways.
1: Yeah, you know, there was an article in the New York Times- about a week or so ago where a guy wrote in saying he had cheated on his wife at a business conference.
0: Mm. It was a, He
1: got really drunk. It was a one-time thing he told her and she's so upset and she can't yeah. forgive him. And why can't she forgive him? <laughs> and it's just like, he expected her to just go, okay, great, it was a one-time thing. It'll never happen again, but that's not how it works, is it?
0: Absolutely not. Yeah.
1: So trust is a big thing. I mean, when, whether it's cheating or financial issues or somebody, you know, taking a credit card and and putting purchases on it without discussing it with a partner. I mean, there's so many ways that we can feel betrayed. How do we build trust again?
0: It's going to take a lot of deep and uncomfortable conversations, right? And and honestly and realistically looking at exactly what were the re- reasons uh, that led to the cheating. And this is where it gets tricky to have these kinds of uncomfortable conversations because the person that cheated uh, needs to be able to say in all honesty, what led to that, right? And so if it wasn't just, well, you know I just wanted to sleep with someone new, right? If the, the issue was more significant in that I felt detached. I I felt that you you no longer find me attractive. I felt like you know you I wasn't interesting to you anymore. And suddenly, this person you know gave me a lot of attention, or I felt emotionally that you know we were there was no intimacy anymore, or there's no sexual contact. You know, all kinds of reasons as to what what led to that, and that so that person has to be able to say where their behavior really be able to think through, reflect. Um, what could have led to them acting out in that way or, or, you know, learn behavior from my past and stuff. When we start to explore those kinds of things um, within couples therapy, sometimes it comes across as we're finding excuses and validating the behavior. Right. And that, 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 that is not at all the case. So we have to separate from I'm placing, you know, blame because the person that got cheated on can often be like, well, you now you're blaming me for your behavior right? At, and that's not the case. Taking accountability is taking accountability the person who cheated has to be able to say, yeah, I did this, right? I could have dealt with these issues in a different way. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, you've, you felt close, you know, potentially to someone else in your marriage and you realize this is a problem and therefore there's a problem in our marriage. And rather than going off and developing some kind of relationship with someone else, you came back and sort of like focused on what was happening in, in your relationship. So we always have a choice in terms of how we deal with these issues so the person who cheated has to take accountability with what they did right i decided to cope with this situation in a really destructive coping style right and it's caused further problems so i yes, i did this i chose to do this but why that that why has to then be able to be explored. And that's when it gets tricky, because the other person doesn't necessarily always want to hear it. You know, I just I want you to say you did it, it was wrong, take full blame for it. And then we move on. But again, if, if that happens, um, then the real underlying issues don't clearly get dealt with and they may express themselves in different ways. So the trust has to be able to be repaired by going there, by being able to go there and go, what's going on in the relationship, either what's going on in our dynamic or what's going on with us individually. And we have to be able to expose ourselves in that kind of full, vulnerable, uncomfortable way. And both people to sort of see that situation before uh, we can move on. That's how to start to repair that trust.
1: Yeah, accountability is so important. I mean, it's easy to just say it's all one person and relationships are never all one person. I mean, you can feel like you've tried to repair. I know in my case, I tried to repair a relationship so many times and Mm -hmm. I happened to be working in a summer sleepaway camp so that my kids could go to camp. And the distance away from my husband created a different dynamic for me so that I could see the issues more clearly. Right. And this other person was paying attention and cared about me in a way that felt much more connected. I felt seen, I felt heard. And I honestly didn't know what was happening to me. I, I wasn't sleeping and I wasn't eating. And I was like, my body was having this response. It took place over about a month. And by the end of that month, he left camp. And I was just like, wait, what happened to me? I don't really know what's going on. And he actually wanted to sleep with me. And he came back to camp to pick up his daughter and he was like, really making moves. And I was just like, no, (laughs) I can't do that. And I did come home and we did go into therapy together. We had done it so many times and nothing ever changed. And yeah. I, I remember going to his therapist, and his therapist basically was just pointing a finger at me and making me wrong and just saying, You know, I have a really good marriage, and my marriage has been lasting, you know, over 50 years. And I am so can't wait to find out more about my wife. I really love her. I'm like, what does this have to do with me? You're not listening to me. You taking sides with my husband and this doesn't feel safe and this isn't going to continue. And so I got my own therapist and I ended up walking out on this marriage. But the, the beauty was that that was also a catalyst for him to grow and change. And we are now really good friends. And we don't have conflict anymore. So it's like, um, it couldn't have worked. We were not good partners, but I think that a lot of times, you know, you end up in marriages, you get married young, You one person grows, the other one doesn't, you have crisis, things happen. And unless people are really nurturing and paying attention and dealing with issues as they come up, distance can can get created so easily i'm sure you see this all the time
0: absolutely and it it might not even be a fault of either person they've just grown apart right uh it's it's really hard to be able to stay attuned and connected and in love when you're constantly changing you know for decades to come like if we think about ourselves 5 10 years ago we were different people and 5 10 years from now we're going to be you know different uh even still and so when you're trying to maintain a relationship over decades and stay connected and stay aligned and stay you know uh aligned with your vision with your goals with your intention that is really really challenging and to me when i hear your story i just think what a successful ending uh, and i think maybe some individuals might hear it and go, "Well, no, because you know you didn't end up staying together, right? A successful ending is about staying together." And I, and nowadays, I think that's not what a relationship is about. Um, it's about growth and evolution. And sometimes, for the growth and evolution of both individuals, that relationship might need to come to an end, right? Um, we are not in 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 the likes of past generations where it was like you sacrifice yourself at all all you know at all extent to be able to stay in that relationship i think the world is evolving i think human beings are evolving i think the things that are coming to be important to us as individuals are evolving and consciousness is growing. So it seems like now we're in a space where whether it be with work or whether it be with relationships, we're looking for more than the practical values of it, right? Just like with work, we're not looking just to get a paycheck. We're looking for meaning and growth and a genuine sense of contribution to something greater than 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 ourselves. Same thing for a relationship. And sometimes that relationship needs to come to an end to be able to support the growth of those individuals. Um, but the way you sort of described it and how it evolved, it's you want to do it in a way where your, your own sense of self-worth and self-respect and integrity stays intact um, because you could have cheated, right? It could have been really easy to go to one-time thing. No one might find out, but you're left with those memories and it takes a toll on your own sense of self and self-worth. And so especially if you have very clear personal standards of you know morality or right or wrong, that's going to be something that guilt, to continue to carry with, within yourself uh, is going to be really challenging. So even if, let's say, you cheat and you repair the relationship, something I do find that those individuals that cheat, they struggle then afterwards uh, with their own guilt, particularly if the partner themselves has been understanding or compassionate, then, then the, the, the cheating partner feels even worse about the fact that they've done that. So the cheating not only affects the relationship, but your own sense of self and your own relationship with yourself let's take a quick break to hear from our
1: sponsors this episode is brought to you by amazon music unlimited you can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations plus you can now stream your favorite podcasts like last first date radio you can listen to any song anytime anywhere on any of your devices your smartphone your tablet your pc or mac Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. I love what you said about how relationships are evolving and what success means. And I talk about this all the time in my, in my coaching practice that people would say to me when I first started my dating coaching and relationship coaching practice, how many successful clients have you had? And the answer is all of them. <laughs> Anybody who has undergone any kind of transformation to me is a successful person and somebody who comes to coaching or therapy and is willing to work on themselves, that's a success. If you evolve as a person, you are going to change every relationship you have, and some of them will end, and some of them will be different and better than anything you ever had. So how many successful couples, how many lasting couples, that's a whole different story, but not every couple that lasts is successful To me, having a short-term relationship that is really highly connected and where you've really both grown is just as successful as somebody who stays married for decades. And I think that we have to really reframe how we see relationships often because I have an older clientele. We are looking at relationships where we never live together, relationships where we have older, younger people who just kind of design what works for them. And we have to be open to that in order to really have success.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's the value of living in modern age, right? That you don't have these strong institutions and, you know, moral uh, or ethical rules about what is right and what is wrong. Um, So don't operate within that old paradigm. Um, Set goals for yourself and the relationship that are really about evolving as a human being, you know, growing more compassionate, uh, stronger, more competent, more self-empowered, and then also having that kind of a positive impact on the other person. But if you start to realize that after a certain while that the relationship is having a negative impact on one another, that you're actually almost devolving, right, or becoming less of yourself, or your your partner is doing that as well as a result of being with you, right? You really do need to start to rethink that, and that's where I appreciate some of the clients that are single or not single that come to me, see me as individuals when they are grappling with desire for other individuals. They're sort of taking accountability and they're saying, look, I'm noticing that my interest is swaying, right? And rather than take that as a definitive, you know, I don't love my partner anymore and I'm going to jump into these situations and stuff. I really want to understand what's going on here. What's going on? Is something wrong with me? Do I need to learn from this? Um, and, and, and that's exactly what happens. We sort of look at that stuff. And I will say in Nearly all of those cases, um, it's because, you know, we've evolved out of that relationship and we're different individuals or there's real conflicts that are not being dealt with. Regardless, as the relationship ends, you're able to then honor what it was honor the the impact and the positive influence that it had on both individuals and then you know come to an end in a kind and fair manner uh, rather than have this sort of traumatic end that sometimes ends up defining the entire relationship and undermining all the values that um, the relationship gave to each individual
1: yeah that all conscious uncoupling approach right i totally agree it's we have to stop looking at things as bad or good yeah. you know it's there is always something to learn from every person we meet for every person we're in a relationship with and you're also talking about this place of relationship ambivalence where you don't know if you should stay or go and we live in a society where we often will throw things away when they're they feel a little painful or hard And so what are some of the markers that people should look for when they're stuck in this place of should I stay or should I go?
0: Um, This is obviously a really uh, difficult question to answer. One that I get asked all the time, particularly when I'm doing talks, um, because a lot of my talks emphasize the growth aspect of a relationship about not looking for that, you know, Disney version, the romantic movie version of love where you pick, you know, you find your soulmate and then you live happily ever after. But actually, true love, genuine love is accepting the person as they are, um, understanding that they're an imperfect human being and that you are as well, and really working together to try to um, work on, you know, areas you each need to develop and really drawing out the positive in one another. So um, I keep emphasizing that, that, you know, the the relationship itself takes a little bit of of work, not a little bit actually in a lot of regards, a lot of work. And so then people inevitably ask, well, when do I know that actually this is the wrong relationship and I need to leave it versus stay and work on it? My simplest, most straightforward answer is the kind of work we should be doing in a relationship is the kind that helps us feel like we're developing we're evolving right the kind where you're more impatient with your partner because you know you want them to be a certain way you have your expectations and they're just not meeting these expectations and there's conflict and agitation because each of you is pushing the other to fit within your frame you can tell these kinds of arguments um and, and the right way to manage it is that you have to develop your own patience. You have to develop more empathy. You have to develop more compassion. So essentially you're expanding as a human being, right? As much as um, it's uncomfortable to have those conflicts, it's, they're the kind of conflicts that if dealt with appropriately, both people grow, right? They mature, they are evolving, they're getting better. Their character um, is developing and deepening versus the kind of conflicts or issues that come up that you should be very wary of is the kind that starts to make you feel like you are less and less of a person like you have to cut out pieces of yourself right uh in order to keep trying to fit within the dynamics of this relationship things like you know you're being gaslit like you 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 can feel and see certain things a certain way but you're partner talks around right they're not trying to get a deeper understanding of what's happening they're actually trying to prove you wrong they're talking around you so they on the surface they sort of convince you that you know they twist things around to convince you that they're right but inside you feel hollow um, or uh, empty or you know um, just harder and uh, having a harder and harder time trusting yourself um, those kinds of things where you are feeling like you're losing yourself You're feeling like you're becoming smaller. You you feel like you're sort of collapsing into yourself. That's that's the kind of stuff. Those are the kinds of conflicts that indicate something unhealthy going on here, toxic, or or just it's wrong, Um, and it's time to to get out.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good way to kind of sum up the the basics, and that's exactly how I felt at the end of my marriage. I. I often say I left to save myself, not to find somebody else. As we come to a close, Catherine, uh, what are your final words of advice for anyone who wants to go on their last first date?
0: In terms of dating, I think that what I see nowadays a lot is that people date uh, on the premise of having a lot of fun, right? They're looking for an individual to have a great time with and, and yet, um, or they enter a date or they go on a date, like looking for fun, but in reality, they might actually genuinely be wanting to find a long-term, you know, healthy, successful relationship. So I think when you're going on a date. Keep your intentions in mind. So, if you are looking for a long-term relationship, be clear about what your values are. Be clear about what would fit for you, what what wouldn't, and beyond that, they enjoy yourself, have fun, but ensure that you weave in those significant conversations as the date is is progressing. You know things that are valuable to you, things that are important to you. I had, for instance, a client of mine where the sort of topic of, of masculinity was really important to her. She had been in a pretty toxic relationship before with a very sort of old school domineering type of, of individual. And so she was really sort of sensitive to that, but didn't know how to bring that topic up. You don't go on a date and go, what's your you know, idea? Are you a toxic male? Right. But instead, what happened was she went on a date and... Um, because we had discussed her, you know, her values and and how she can bring those issues up on on the date. She went in a date and he mentioned that he was going to go on a trip with his dad. And so she took that as a nice opening because that was an important value to her. And she started to ask him about his relationship with, with his dad in a really casual way. You know, where are you guys going to go on a trip? What are you guys going to do? Are you like your father? What's your father like? And it turned out, you know, he talked about his father being sort of that traditional male and how he had often had conflicts with his dad as a result of that and what his values of his own sense of masculinity was. And she got all the information she needed. Right. While having a good time, they had a really significant uh, conversation. He afterwards told her they continued to date, and act- that actually went really well between them. They ended up in a relationship. But he said that that was a really significant conversation, that there were a lot of people he went on dates with and he had fun. But that lasted, right? That lasted with him because he felt like she was genuinely curious. And only later on found out the reason she was asking that. Again, to sort of reiterate that, know what's important to you when you when you go in, ensure that that's at the forefront of your mind and weave in those uh, questions and bring up those topics in a really sort of easy uh, manner to be able to get that information. There's, there's no point in having a great time with someone. There's lots of people we can have a fun time with, but not everybody we can build a life with. So you want to bring in those life-defining questions or topics into into the date as well.
1: Yeah, that's really, really important. I think we often try to be cool and have fun and we really want something more and we're afraid to ask for what we want. We're afraid to be curious and really find out and then we're blindsided and we don't know why this happened, but it actually is something we can find out pretty early on and pay attention to those signs. I love that. And I love the the example you gave because this wasn't an interrogation. It was just a curiosity and curiosity is so key in dating. It's just don't be in into this judgmental state of mind, but in a curiosity state of mind. And then it won't feel like an interrogation. It'll just feel like you're having interesting conversations. And you're really curious about the other person. So I love that. Catherine, this has been lovely. Um, Love this conversation around cheating. It's an important conversation. If people want to find out more about you, where can they go?
0: They can go to my website or just email me directly which again my uh, website will have that information Uh, i will say uh, i'm a little bit limited on on my time in terms of individual uh sessions so i put together a course, really talking about lots of these kinds of topics um, and really about how for how people to differentiate that sort of like romantic movie-like love from actually the real genuine kind and how to work towards building a genuinely successful, loving long-term relationship. That course should be coming out in a couple of weeks. I'll also be uh, teaching some things um, with individual sessions weaved into that online. So if anyone is interested in that, please reach out, let me know. Yeah, and then we can take it from there. But I'm available. I'm really good with getting back to, to people. I think that these are significant and important topics. So um, I do my best to be able to to contact people if they reach out.
1: Awesome. And your website and email will be in the show notes, katherinebijanian.com. No E in Catherine, (laughs) except at the end. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show, Catherine. And thanks everybody for listening today. If you love our show, please give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And as always, here's to your last first date. If you are ready to get unstuck gain new tools, become more empowered, and finally find your Last First Date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.